Hi, I'm Arlen Walker and I'm live from Pelham's Wasteland and today I have got more Adventures of Thalonmir for you guys. Thalonmir, if you don't remember, is our high man adventurer in the system against the Dark Master. And let's go over a quick recap of what happened last time. So we started off talking a little bit about the world that this is set in and Thalonmir himself. And Thalonmir was hunting down a pair of orc scouts. He had already, we assumed that they had been traveling in a group of three and he had already hunted down one of them. But he was uh, hunting down the other two essentially. And we are fairly deep in the territory of the free peoples. Um... So he was sort of uh, concerned, of course, about the the depth that they had penetrated into the territory, um, these these orcish scouts and all of that sort of stuff. So a little bit concerning, perhaps presaging um, something nastier, but um, ultimately, Thalamir was successful. He was able to shoot one of the orcs and do a little bit of damage and then kind of cut it down when it rushed in too quickly. Um, mostly, not completely in one strike, but mostly in one strike. Um, it sort of bled out a little bit afterwards. And then um, he fought the other in a sort of back-and-forth battle where he gradually wore it down and um, eventually took it out. So um, Thalamir was successful in fighting the two scouts. And then he decided that he might go to this place, the ruins of Bredon. Bredon was a town, and in fact, Bredon as a town, Thalonmir knows a little bit of a, a sort of rhyme about Bredon. And that rhyme goes, I took the day a-walking through the woods where we're a-talking, birds and bees and flowers and creatures hidden throughout the forest's features about the beauty in the town and fair hills of Bredon. A market square and a spire on the kirk and hearth's fire, the swing sign of Bredon's tavern, the duck and drake lit by lantern in the streets of fair Bredon. And after all the sights of town, I felt the need to tread around the hills wherein the town was set, and there found to my wonderment a wandering elf who wouldn't say where his treasure buried lay. But quick as he was, I was quicker, and found myself the better riddler, and talked him out of sword and gold, near bread and town, and in the hold went sword and gold and treasure too, and there it waits for me, not you. And this little rhyme, we can imagine it's sort of like a, almost like a nursery rhyme or something like that. Something um, dredged up from the memories of the, the culture of the free peoples. Um, because it mentions Breton and talks about this sword, Thalonmir is, of course, on a quest to find basically a magic sword to fight the enemies of the Dark Mat, to fight alongside the enemies of the Dark Master, to fight orcs and giant spiders and all the sort of nasty things that the Dark Master uses in his armies. So Thalonmir is, of course, very interested in this uh, little rhyme. And he went walking through the forest, through the sort of lightly forested hills, and sat down for camp about a day away from Bredon itself. And when he sat down for camp, he was uh, accosted by an elf 
an elf ranger, a female elf ranger, who calls herself Melvia. And that is where we will pick up our story. Melvia having stepped into the firelight, bow in hand, but not with an arrow ready or anything like that. Although surely Thalamir knows about the swiftness of the elves and their ability to knock arrows in moments and let fly. Um, so Thalamir seeing this uh, elf step forward, he takes his sword and he sheaths it. Um, and he sort of grumbles a bit and says... Uh, what are you doing in these hills, these woods? She, of course, says, I might ask you the same question. And she has just the loveliest voice we can imagine. Of course, I cannot do her voice, but we can imagine her, her lovely voice that sounds almost like uh, silver bells or something wonderful like that. Um, and Thalonmir says, Humph, if you're not interested in sharing why you're here, perhaps you might allow me to get some rest at least. She says, well, we can get some rest, but, you know, I would like to hear why you were, what you were doing here in these hills. And he says, I've been hunting orcs. Orcish scouts from the Dark Master. Came in along the hills. I found their tracks and hunted them down and killed them. Have you ever killed orcs? She says, of course I've killed orcs. Out here in the forests where they sometimes roam. Although this is very far south and west for them, is it not? He says, of course it is. That is why the free peoples must be warned soon enough. It seems, perhaps, is it possible that the Dark Master is stirring again? Yes, says. Perhaps it is possible. It seems that the, the various important personages among the wise might know or at least might be told and asked their opinions. He says, hmph, good. But I am traveling to the ruins of Breddentown. Have you heard of it? He says, I have, in fact, and it's where I was traveling as well. Thalonmere's eyes go a little wider, and he says, what business have you in the ruins of men? It says, well, I suspect our business is similar. What do you know about Bredden? And Thalonmere, almost uh, not ashamed, but a little bit... Um, just a, a little, well... Ashamed is perhaps the right word. Thalamir sort of looks down at the ground at his boots, and he sort of kicks a, a stone away. He says, well, I... There's an old, an old piece of poetry that I remember. It tells of a sword riddled out of an elf's hands and locked away in Breden. He says, yes, 
Yes. That was Myrdanor, the traveling elfsmith, who was bringing a mighty sword to Fairview and the people of my forefathers. And of course, Thalinmir knows that Fairview, and let's zoom out on the map here, Fairview is up here, north of Bredon and all of that. And Fairview is a sort of manor house or small town of an elven lord who is said is called Lord Fairview after his, uh, his house. And so... Thalinmir sort of glowers, and he says, well, if there is a sword, first we must find it. Elvia says, of course, of course, but I don't know about you, but I'm not super interested in staying out in the wilderness for too long. How are you for rations? Thalinmir says, well, I, I have enough for myself. I'm running low on arrows, but I brought down a deer this past day and therefore have enough to make it at least back to civilization. He says, oh good, then we are in agreement. We travel to Breton Town and examine the ruins there, and if we cannot find anything evidence, then we will go to Sirenkester, and then from there to Fairview, to ask Lord Fairview of exactly what the riddle means, and the rhyme, and what it is, where it might be in Breton, that Mirandor, Myrdanor? Myrdanor's mighty sword lays down there, sort of sort of looks at her. You would speak to the Lord Fairview. Of course. Have you spoken to him before? Yes, of course. He, well, he did not so much send me out on this mission, but he advised me, shall we say, after I told him what I desired. Thalamir, of course, says, well, what is it that you desire? He says, oh, that's for another time. For now, let us sleep, or if you prefer to keep watch, you can. But I don't think anything will happen in the hills again. I suspect it was only a small party of orcs that you found, and that they are not nearby. Thalinmir sort of grumbles again, but he recognizes the wisdom in her words. Sort of beds down for the night, wraps up in his cloak, finds a nice sort of hollow under a tree to lie down. Melvia, of course, sits down cross-legged in a sort of meditative pose with her bow across her lap and just sits with her eyes closed and begins to meditate. And then, in the morning, Thalinmir wakes up. And, of course, Melvia has been up for some time because elves don't need to meditate nearly as long as men need to sleep often. Thalinmir is not going to regain any hit points back because I looked up 
the rules, and what it says is characters recover one-tenth of their total HPs rounded down for every full hour of rest in a safe environment, although herbs or magical healing can increase the amount recovered. So I think the way I'm going to play it is that actually on the road and without a sort of more permanent camp setup, characters aren't going to increase, aren't going to heal back hit points at all. Um, basically, they just can't, they're, they're just not in a safe place. Now, if Thalamir was in Sirenkester and in the tavern there, he could heal up just fine. Or if he was in Fairview... Those places are definitely safe, and so he could heal up just fine. But out here in the wilderness, without a sort of permanent camp established, or a more permanent camp established, he's not going to be able to heal up. And that means that basically the, the kind of injuries will linger um, out in the wilderness, and you have to get back to civilization. I think that's appropriate. Anyway, in the morning, Thalonmir wakes up, has a bit of breakfast, and Melvia has... Um, a few rations of her own. She's been foraging and has some kind of berries or something, of course, um, something that elves like to eat, and a bit of elven bread. And then she says, all right, well, it's time to set off, I think. And they start walking. Now, Melvia walks very quickly. She's um, incredibly um, light on her feet, and so doesn't suffer from um, penalties from the terrain and um, doesn't suffer from penalties from being encumbered right now because she's not encumbered and has a bonus to her speed while unencumbered. So she's basically um, ranging ahead and scouting behind and all that sort of stuff. And Thalonmir is, despite the fact that Thalonmir is a remarkably um, capable woodsman, he's sort of trudging along doing his best to to keep up with um, Melvia, who seems to just sort of dance along as if there's, you know, no end to nothing, nothing stopping her from just sort of dancing along the whole way and going much faster. But nearing the end of the day, they start to come to the ruins of Bredon. And the ruins of Bredon are, of course, ruins of a town. And this, to be fair, was a fairly large town, probably larger than some of the towns that remain, although many of the towns that remain in the territory of the Free Peoples have shrunk over the years and are not quite so large as they once were under the sort of aegis of the kingdom of men. Um, but Bredon... Um, they probably first notice kind of like, you know, a thinning of the trees and then gradually come to find, um, seems like hearths are what are often left in archaeological sites, that the, the stones around the hearth and uh, the foundations of the, the building are what is left. Melvia, again, sort of dancing through and, of course, singing. Perhaps she's even singing elven songs and all that sort of stuff and Thalonmere um marching along after her um wandering through and eventually they come to a sort of section of what is the ruined sort of the ruins of the town where the buildings sort of near the center where there were stone buildings and so there are still walls left um 
actually. And they sort of bed down there for the night, find a nice um, spot, a sort of hearth that they can make a fire in and bed down for the night. And um, once again, Thalonmere wrapped up in his cloak and Melvia sort of sitting meditatively. And then in the morning, they, um, they awake and begin searching the town. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have each of them roll perception at a pretty big penalty to see if they can find anything like um, what is described in the rhyme, a sort of hold, maybe like an armory. They sort of discuss it, and Thalonmere suggests, you know, what about it, like an armory, or certainly um, a bank seems unlikely, but even a, like a reliquary within the church, something like that. Um, and they're going to each roll at a minus 40, um, which is a pretty steep penalty to their perception. So, um, Melvia, let me real quick actually save as... Save Melvia's character sheet so I don't. Lose it. That would be bad. Melvia has a plus 70 perception. And Thalonmere has a plus 35. So Thalonmere is going to roll 1d100 minus... 35, not, not minus 35, minus 5. Gets a 67. A 67 is a failure, unfortunately. So he does not find anything in the Ruins of Bredon on this day that might lead him to anything about it. Um, but he perhaps is a little distracted, what with this kind of elf showing up in the middle of the wilderness and um, accosting him and all of that sort of stuff. And she seems sort of rather strange and all of that. Um, Melvia rolls with a plus 30 and gets an 86. So there is a success with a complication. What's the complication going to be? What's the, what's the partial success? I think the partial success is that Melvia finds... Um, in one of the buildings, sort of underneath something, there's kind of the beginnings of... Um, she actually finds, sort of is kind of digging around, finds a place where there's sort of stairs, very slight, going down and kind of leads down into the earth and goes down in a course with her elf eyes. She can see in um, the dim light that is left... Um, and sees a sort of archway, but the archway is full of heavy stone and all that sort of stuff. And it's going to be very difficult for them to open up this, um, the two of them even working together. They just don't really have the tools, excuse me, to open up this archway to, um, to get through to whatever is here underneath. She's not quite sure what the building is, if it's the church or if it might be the armory or something like that, but those seem to be the best guesses. Um, 
So she calls over Thalamir, and Thalamir goes down, and of course he has to kind of set a, a branch on fire to get up close to see, and he kind of scratches at the, the archway to see if there's any writing. There doesn't seem to be anything on this side, although perhaps, of course, there's another archway further in, or on the inside of the archway there could be something written. Um, but it's just full of these big, heavy stones, and so Thalonmir sort of says, hmm, through that we'll need some sort of probably pickaxes, heavy equipment. Won't be easy by any means. And Melvia says, well, 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 I guess that's that. I guess that's it for right now. If we, what we need is pickaxes and heavy equipment and all of that sort of stuff, we, we don't have anything like that. Thalmir says, no, we do not. And I, and he sort of takes a, well, let's try. Maybe Thalonmir can sort of push through and kind of smash through the the stones and all of that sort of stuff. He does have a pretty good athletics score. So let's try his athletics again at the same minus 40, which gives him just a plus 20. A 104, nice. So Thalonmir says, well, let's wait. We'll, we'll work on this a little bit today, and then tomorrow we can work on it some more. And Thalonmir um, is sort of coming up with a plan. And he um, he basically is uh, thinking about how to get how to get through the rocks and all that, how to get through the stones. And obviously, if they're mortared, they're going to need you know picks or shovels or you know stuff to actually crack through. But if they're just set there, might not be as bad. Um. And so Thalonmir, he uh, he looks at it for a little while, and he asks Melvia what she sees, and decides on that day that um, it doesn't look like it. They're starting to get low on food, so what he suggests is that they um, spend one more day here and try to get inside, and then they will head um, out, perhaps to to Serenkester or even to Eastmark. To try to find, um, get some information, maybe get some help in order to get into these ruins. Um, but the next day, they wake up. Thalonmir feels refreshed, and he kind of takes a, a look at it. He sort of works on it for a little while. He starts pulling away stones, and soon enough, the whole thing starts to crumble around him, and he, he kind of leaps back and sort of pushes Melvia back out of the way too as the stones that were holding up, or not holding up, but um, preventing their entryway through this archway are um, falling apart. And they sort of crumble down and leave a whole bunch of rubble on the ground, but the archway is clear. Thalonmir, he's going to draw his long sword, because who knows what's in here. And he takes, again, he's got a sort of makeshift torch in his other hand, um, and he offers to go first. 
um, not just because he is a gentleman, but also because Melvia has a bow and he knows he can tell is a um, remarkable shot with it, and so knows that perhaps it would be better for um, Melvia to be using the bow and um, be, you know, behind him and able to shoot at anything that comes. And we are going to roll randomly. How many there are? There are two. So they go into this place and they see that it is, um, it must be the church that they're underneath because it seems to be some sort of uh, catacombs maybe? That seems to be, or or a tomb, um, some type of not just one tomb, but a, a whole series of tombs. Um, and um, this kind of series of tombs, they sort of go in and are looking around, and there's these sort of alcoves, and there's a, a stone sarcophagus in each of these, and um, it looks like this was where. Perhaps the, the important personages or the rulers even of Breton were buried. Um, and they're going along and along. And as they're sort of treading up, there's sort of dust on the floor. And they kind of are kicking it up every time they step forward. And the torch is flickering. And they're getting sort of deeper and deeper into this, uh, the catacombs, the mausoleum. And... Um, Melvia says, wait, you're something. And she's going to roll regular perception versus this creature's stealth, which is plus zero. So it's just a 1d100 versus her 1d100 plus 70. So 70... easily she's able to easily hear and melvia and technically that should explode that uh 100 on the 1d 100 should explode upward um but i figured that it was probably good enough to succeed anyway so if it had been a problem i would have exploded it upwards also but um anyway um and she is able to say look there and they can see that they're shambling out of the darkness are a pair of creatures and they look like sort of desiccated mummified skeletons with short spears and um light armor nothing nothing particularly uh nothing particularly uh uh, fancy at this point it's been sort of rotted away and in ruins and all that sort of stuff but um, they sort of look at each other and then Thalamir steps into action, steps forward and she draws an arrow and gets ready to fire and we're going to go into combat so um, what do we do for combat? Well, we go through the tactical round. So both sides know about each other. We do action declaration. They are just going to move up to attack Thalonmere. 
And then we do move, spell A, ranged A, melee, ranged B, spell B, other actions. So they are going to, um, Melvia is going to take a shot at one of them, try to bring it down. Thalonmir is going to um, be pretty defensive with his sword, but he's going to try to, you know, cut down the one that he hopes that Melvia shoots so that they can be, you know, two against one. And that is going to be uh, the first round of the combat. So they sort of shamble forward and um, they don't bleed, but they do. Let's, uh, how am I going to track their hit points? I don't have a token for them. So we're just going to add handout combat tracker. Description and notes, skeleton one, skeleton two, HP, how much HP do they have? Do, do, do 25, 25, 25 HP, HP. But they don't bleed or anything, so they're pretty pretty dangerous um, in a lot of ways, despite only having 25 HP and not being individually as capable as those orc scouts were. Um, and Thalonmir. Um, so first off, we're going to have Melvia's shot because that's the order that things go in. Melvia gets a uh, 100... What is it? A ranged bonus of 85 minus 5 for the leather armor is 80. So 1d100 plus 80 for a missile attack. 172 and the maximum result is a 150. So she gets a 150 result against um, this target. A 150 result against light armor is 26 lethal. So um, she pulls back the bow and thwack right through the eye socket of the skeleton and it smashes through and um, hits into its sort of mummified brain or whatever it is and it collapses to the floor. Destroyed. Skeleton one defeated. Skeleton 2 steps up, and he has a short spear. Um, what is the short spear? Is the short spear a longest or just a long? Let us check. Short spear is just a long, in which case, who goes first? Do, 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 do. Actions. Do action declaration, move, melee phase. Um, length of the combat weapons. Ties are broken in favor of the combatant with the higher CMB, in which case Thalonmir is able to attack first. Thalonmir is going to go for a strike against the skeleton. He's going to reserve 30 of his 90 CMB points as, um, what should I call it, as parrying, which means he's going to roll at a plus 60. 
She gets a 65. Luckily, not um, going to explode down and not in the fumble range because of his special attachment to his sword. But I don't think a 65 is actually good enough. 65 is no damage against light armor. So skeleton one, uh, Thalonmere makes a strike, but it just bounces off of the, the remains of skeleton one's armor. Or skeleton two's armor. Skeleton two is going to make an attack against... Oh, and that should be penalized further because of the skeleton's uh, natural defense. So definitely wouldn't. Um, I keep forgetting the natural defense. Natural defense of plus 20. Um... Skeleton 2 is at, he has a plus 30 for his weapon, minus 30 for Thalonmere's parrying, minus 20 for his natural defense. So a total of minus 20. That's a 22. Skeleton 2 stabs at Thalonmere, but does not connect, and we are on to the next round. So, Skeleton 2 is going to attack Thalonmere again. Thalonmere is going to try to attack it. Melvia is drawing an arrow and going to fire in the same round because she can do that because her skill is high enough. Um, it'll just be a plus 20, a minus 20, and it'll go after the melee. So first off, we have with a plus 40, actually, because of the skeleton's natural defense, Thalonmere. Thalonmere strikes... And with a 79 on the edged attack table, 79 is five points of hit point damage. So, twenty out of 25 for Skeleton 2. Skeleton 2 attacks again with the minus 20 and gets a minus 2. No dice for him. And... Melvia gets to go with a plus 60 because she normally has a plus 80 for firing, but it's minus 20 because of the half action to draw an arrow and knock it and aim and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's a, another huge roll, a 157, which is already over the maximum. Um, for the missile attack, a 150, which is the maximum, is 26 lethal. So once again, she puts another arrow right through the skeleton's eye, and it falls to the floor with a clatter. Thalonmir sort of looks back over his shoulder and realizes um, just how deadly Melvia is with her bow, and he kind of, um, you know, yeah, realizes exactly that and thinks about kind of um, how lucky he is that she did not take offense at some of his comments earlier. But now they can hear from down in the depths another creature rising. And this is a curseborn. And this is a creature cursed. One of the skeletons, the other skeletons, were just regular, brought back, and all that sort of stuff. Um, Cursedborn have an aura of dread around them. And so we are going to go into... This Cursedborn is going to step forward, and he has a longsword, much like Thalonmere's. 
um, because that's the traditional weapon of the high men. And he sorts of lets out a piercing scream. Living creatures seeing a curse born must pass a wisdom saving roll or become frightened. So Thalamir is going to do wisdom saving roll of plus 20. A 35 is definitely not going to be good enough. Thalamir is frightened. Melvia, what's her wisdom saving throw? Is also plus 20. A 70? I don't think a 70 is going to be good enough because this is a level 5 elite creature. And that means that the save... The attack level is level 5, which means the difficulty is 75. They're both frightened. They look at each other. Thalamir says, we, we have to get a... This creature is beyond us. And it's sword. Just imagine if that is the sword of legend. And how deadly it will be. And Melvia sort of looks at him in the firelight lit by Thalamir's torch. And she just nods. And um, they both kind of look around for a second. And then race out of there. The Curseborn sort of shambling along and letting out screeching noises. And they run out of this ruined uh, structure in Bredon and out into the woods for uh, a little ways and then sort of recollect themselves. And I think that is where we will end our session with Thalonmir and Melvia, both frightened by this creature, concerned about the possibility that this is the bearer of the sword of legend that the rhyme, the rhyme spoke of, um, and trying to decide what to do next. So yeah. Um, thank you everyone so much for, for, if you've gotten this far for, for watching or listening to my solo play, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I threw in a little bit of combat there and it turned out to work out pretty well. So, um, I'm glad about that. Um, and I feel like the, the dice just really, you know, helped tell the story and all that sort of stuff, which is really great. That's what you want from solo play. So, um, I'm having a whole lot of fun with this and, um, yeah. We are going to, I'm going to be back soon with more Adventures of Thalamir. So, um, if you want to get in contact with me, I am at Cows from Powis on Twitter. I'm here on Anchor and YouTube, and you can leave a comment on either of them, and I will get back to you on that. I'm also on a couple of different discords, and if you are listening to this or watching this, odds are pretty good that you are on one of those discords too, in case you can hit me up for an invitation if you're not. Um... But yeah, I really hope you have enjoyed the adventures of Thalonmir and his new buddy, Melvia. And um, I will see you guys next time. So uh, I've been Arlen Walker. I've been live from Pelham's Wasteland. And I will see you next time. Take care, everybody.